Welcome to the journal.ie's The Explainer. This episode is brought to you by our investigative platform, Noteworthy, where we carry out journalistic projects based on ideas sent to us by the public. I'm Susan Daly, and we recently published the findings of an investigation by Noteworthy's editor, Maria Delaney, examining the lack of maternity care choice available for expectant mothers in many parts of Ireland. Now, most of you listening to this pod will have been cared for by maternity services at some stage in your life, perhaps as a parent, if you are one, or a child if you were born here in Ireland. How that care was delivered, if you'll pardon the pun, is what we're examining today. As our guests will explain, services are largely provided through a hospital setting and home or community-based care is way less common. The largely medical focus of pregnancy and birth does not suit everyone, however. Having the interest in giving birth at home is one that has grown in popularity in recent years. Maria has spoken to many of the women who have wanted or experienced this option. The challenges they and maternity professionals involved in the field say are many. This may go some way to explaining why a tiny proportion, less than 1%, of women avail of the HSE home birth scheme each year. We'll be asking why that is the case and whether it's set to change anytime soon. We're asking, will home births ever be the norm in Ireland? Maria is here to give us some insight into the findings of her investigation. And also joining us is Trinity College Dublin researcher Soma Gregory, who recently published a study examining the experiences of people who had both home and hospital births. Welcome, Soma. Thank you. And welcome, Maria. Thanks, Susan. Okay, Maria, let's start with you. Now, we're focusing on home births today, but unless you've been through one, or you've attended one, you might have a relatively simplistic perception of what they involve. What does a home birth actually mean if you're having one in Ireland? Yes, so um, I suppose starting with the basics, what is an actual home birth? So it's actually more than what it says in the tin. It's not just a birth at home. It also includes antenatal care, which is care during pregnancy, and postnatal care, which is care after birth. So um, what it involves is that a midwife would be um, in touch with you. They would have a number of appointments in your home before birth and after birth. Now, during labour and birth, there's also a second midwife on call and along with the first midwife. Now, the key is that it's very different from an unaccompanied birth. Um, You're in the presence of experienced professionals in the two midwives there. Okay, so it's quite a supported experience. Now, not everyone is interested in a home birth, obviously, but if one is, is there a consensus about who's deemed suitable to have one? So across uh, every country that I looked at, um, it's deemed that only suitable for women at low risk of complications. And that includes both women and fetuses. And this could be maybe due to underlying conditions and other reasons. Now, it's important to note that the European Court of Human Rights has stated that the right to respect the private life includes the right to choose the circumstances of birth. And also the World Health Organization, or WHO, has raised concern that the increasing medicalization of childbirth tends to undermine women's own capability to give birth and negatively impacts their childbirth experience. So that's something that in your research uh, you did examine. You might talk to us a bit about that later. But before we dive into that, can you tell us how common home births actually are in Ireland? Like I'm presuming this has radically changed over the decades. 
That's right. Back in, say, the 1950s, around a third of births would have taken place at home. And then that decreased, which ties in with global figures where home births sort of dropped in popularity and the medical model took over as the dominant approach to birth. Today in Ireland, as you say, it's it's under 1%, but actually we're not even sure exactly what the figures are. The published statistics for home births only count home births from one service, which is the HSE Home Birth Scheme, which is facilitated by self-employed community midwives in the community. So that is the figures provided by NPEC. It doesn't actually count the home births that are provided from private midwives who are home births that you can pay for, or it doesn't actually count the small number of births that take place from hospital-based home birth schemes, such as the Domino's from Hollis Street, etc. So we don't actually have a figure. Okay. And as you're saying, not everybody is, you know, we necessarily have all the figures. People who are registered to have a home birth do they always have the birth at home or can that change? They can be transferred. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That can change. That can yeah. change either um, during the pregnancy period or in labour and birth or. Yeah. yeah. OK. Um, so I suppose if we're looking then at the moment, uh, what the situation is and you want a home birth, what steps do you need to take, Maria? So there's two options, like Soma was saying. So there's a public option and a private option. I suppose, first of all, for the private option, it's women employing. There's one particular service in Ireland and there's different packages which can range up to €9,000. So that's a big expense out of your pocket. And I'm going to focus on the public option. So this is the HSE Home Birth Scheme. And for that, um, women need to contact midwives directly or the designated midwife officer in your area. And once that happens, when you're in touch with a midwife, there's a lot of paperwork to assess suitability. And um, there's a very strict criteria to actually fall within the HSE home birth service. That seems understandable that there would be a good bit of management around it and, and responsibility taking. But I'm a little bit stumped by women can call a midwife to arrange it themselves. Like it sounds empowering. But I'm wondering, is this not requiring women to be extremely proactive or already know a lot about navigating the system? Yeah, that's true. And I suppose one of the other things is that even if a woman goes and calls their local health service or local midwives, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll get a home birth. And I suppose one of the reasons for that is it's quite a limited service, both for private and public Um, Say, for instance, for the public service, just 23 community midwives are listed on the HSE website. And when you think about two midwives having to be on call for labour and birth and the amount of women that maybe want that, you can see how dramatically limited that is. And I suppose just in terms of that unmet demand, um, I had some really interesting stories from women that spoke to me that the minute they saw these two lines appear on the pregnancy test, they called the community midwife rather than maybe their partner or um, a GP or a family member. So I suppose that's one kind of anecdotal story of the demand. And what you were saying about um, women having to be proactive. Now, this is one of the biggest obstacles that women told me about, and it was put perfectly by Orla Harrington. She's a mother of two from County Loud, and she spoke to me last month and said, if you don't know that you have a choice, then you don't have a choice. And I suppose that's key here. So women that spoke to me were not happy with the information provided by their GP. Most just were just asked two questions. What hospital do you want to go to, private or public? And were given very little other information. Now, Orla told me that this was a significant problem for her during her first pregnancy. 
I had wanted a home birth on my first pregnancy and I felt like there were roadblocks everywhere I turned. I didn't know how to approach a home birth. I didn't know how to find out like information about it. So when I went to that first GP appointment and I did ask about home birth and was strongly advised against it and given zero information about it. So this probably won't come as a surprise to you given your research. What similar obstacles were reported by people who took part in your research, particularly this around choice or knowledge of a choice? Absolutely. From those who responded to our survey, in fact, uh, nearly 17% of them weren't aware that they could have a home birth at all um, when they were making their decisions on where to birth. And to go back to Maria's kind of the, the, what she had heard from people is, if you're one of the people who knows when you see the two lines to go to the community midwife, then you're one of the people who who knows enough. But I can't imagine that's a lot, a lot of people. Other obstacles to home births and maybe things where the goalposts have been moving a little bit in the last few years. One of them was a controversial distance limit, which I have to say I hadn't heard until you reported on Maria, was mooted for home births last year. That could be a significant obstacle for women in rural Ireland who we already know geographically disadvantaged when it comes to maternity services. What did you find on this? Yeah, so this is in regard to the 30, it's called a 30 minute blue light distance. And what's meant by that is how long it takes an ambulance to go from the hospital to someone's house. So that's 30 minutes. When this is mapped for maternity units, basically a lot of the west of Ireland falls outside this 30 minutes, as well as Wicklow. Um, You can imagine the time it would take to get to certain parts of Wicklow. I suppose one of the main concerns about this um, being mooted was that midwives felt it wasn't evidence-based, that there was no national or international evidence in relation to home births that backed this up. Um, There wasn't really any reporting about this since December, but we've got a lot of people told us it was dropped or it was put on hold pending a review. So I FOI'd um, minutes of meetings around home births and um, a really interesting meeting from March 2023 of the HSE Home Births Committee where actually John Smith, who's the HSE Assistant National Director of Acute Operations, said that this is clinical advice and in his understanding it is non-negotiable. So obviously that piqued an interest in me. Is this still on the table? Is it actually what's happening with it? So when I asked this HSE about this, they told me it actually remains in place. And when I pushed them about this, because on the ground it didn't seem to be being implemented, community midwives I spoke to didn't know it was in place, Um, And they said it's guidance, not a rule. So obviously there's a key difference there. So it's, as I was saying, it's unclear if it's being implemented. And community midwives told me that no women have been refused access because of this to date. So I suppose we're just unclear what will happen with this if, if hospitals will start implementing it. One obstacle that is actually currently implementing women is that some GPs, um, medical indemnity insurance doesn't cover home birth. A number of women who spoke to me were actually discharged from their GP's care because they wanted a home birth and they weren't reinstated until two, two weeks after the birth. And that obviously would significantly impact women in terms of trying to get blood tests or if they have other conditions they want to go to their GP about. Now, the HSE and the Department of Health have had very little action on this. It's been known about for a number of years. A spokesperson told me that further discussions need to take place with the relevant parties to agree national policy on the role of the GPs in relation to home births. And that's that's all I got in relation to that. What a big contrast there between a huge amount of clarity, apparently, within closed door meetings, you know, the HSE going, oh, no, this is the way it is. But then when it comes 
to guidelines and advice and how hospital groups are responding to and what is actually known by professionals like community midwives, there's a severe lack of clarity. And that's all you want to be hearing, isn't it? Maternity lack of clarity. Um, The participants that took part in your study, Soma, obviously overcame all of these issues if they'd experienced um, a home birth or a hospital birth. Did they give you reasons about why they were choosing home births? Yes. I mean, you would tend to think that maybe all of the people had had a bad experience in hospital, but that wasn't actually the case. In fact, it was a pretty even split. I think there was about 42% said they'd had a good experience, but they just wanted to try something more natural. Um, There were 45% 45 of participants who said that they had had a bad experience. Um, And those bad experiences, some of those would have been more on the kind of traumatic side of things. Mm. But a lot of them, it was just feeling not listened to, not heard. um, And that was in direct contrast to how they felt about their home birth maternity care. So that sense of choice, giving you control, a sense of ownership around what's one of the major events in your life. Absolutely. Sensitivity, respect, empowerment. They were all sort of words that were used by the participants in the study about their home birth. And Maria... Women who have those feelings around um, maybe not necessarily wanting a hospital birth, even having had experienced one or not, um, but maybe don't feel like it's a home birth necessarily. We talked about continuity of care being one of these things. Is there any option for them kind of in the middle? Yeah, so um, I suppose there's two different ways um, that this is implemented, say, in Ireland and abroad. So one of the ways is community antenatal care. So that's care during pregnancy. Um, there are some um, places that run this in Ireland. I suppose the Domino scheme would probably be the best known. Um, it is limited again. It, it's not for. It's not available to all women in all areas. I suppose that one of the key things that um, is quite prominent in, say, countries like in the UK, are alongside midwifery-led units. Now, these were promised under the National Maternity Strategy, and there were two that predate the strategy, and they were in Cavan and Drogheda. Now, these are still the only two that were in place. Now, what are these? So these are birthing units that would be in a hospital, but they are under the, but the midwives are responsible for care rather than obstetricians. Now, obviously, if there is a need to get obstetricians involved, they can be referred. And, and any, I spoke to people in Drogheda and they work quite closely as a team. But women are seen at every stage of their journey by these units and there's increased consistency of care, which obviously is a key thing that people are looking for. Now, there were plans to address the development of these. These were a key action in the strategy's implementation plan. And these plans were due by the end of last year. So again, I asked the HSE for an FOI for these plans, but no records existed and for, for that freedom of information request. So when I asked a spokesperson, a HSE spokesperson about this, like why were there no records, the plans were supposed to be in place last year, They said that infrastructure challenges are present on many of the clinical sites. So the focus of the National Women and Infants Health Programme is currently on the development of home away from home delivery suites within maternity services. Now, 15 of these have been rolled out in the last few years out of the 19 maternity units, but they operate differently to alongside birthing units. And midwives that we spoke to said, yeah, the surroundings are improved, which are great, but they're usually obstetric led, which is a key difference. 
So there's clearly this lack of middle ground when it comes to maternity care. Now, we spoke to Ashling Dixon, who's chairperson of the Community Midwives Association. She told us a little bit more about this. Maternity services in Ireland are highly medicalised, highly obstetric-led and highly hospital-focused. And really, you know, we do know that you were well behind what considered to be acceptable standard of choice for women. Home birth, you're probably considered in some, for some to be quite an extreme view, but even more, you know, moderate midwifery-led services like birthing units and water birth in all hospitals. There's very poor midwifery-led services anyway in the country. You know, and women are often forced in highly obstetric-led units which don't offer birthing units or don't offer, you know, water birth to choose home birth. They mightn't be their first choice. They may have preferred something more in the middle, but actually you've got you've got both extremes maybe in some end where you've got a highly technocratic birth in a hospital or a very natural birth at home. But actually there's very little middle ground options there for women who may bring more women into midwifery-led services or may even bring more women out of home birth services if they thought there was other alternatives there. So Soma, we've been talking about midwife-led care and obstetric-led care. And they've been mentioned a few times already. There's obviously a significant difference between them now, I'm assuming. You might tell me otherwise. Why did women opt for one over the other? Okay. Well, overwhelmingly, the women in our study who responded to the survey, they seemed to align with the more social approach to birth, which understands birth as a natural physiological process. And midwifery-led care from within the hospital setting was understood to be more significantly more positive than obstetric-led care. And in fact, the more that the care moved towards the sort of medical and obstetric model, the care was understood less positively for this particular group of women, which kind of highlights that the care has to align with your values and ideologies for the type of birth that you want to be understood positively. Um, One of the reasons that births were understood less positively was the over-regulation of things that restricted personal choice and autonomy, such as hospital policies and procedures or rules. And so midwifery-led care, the reports from that were were more mixed. Um, You know, it went from being wonderful and fabulous to um, maybe too busy or rushed. But quite often it was the imposition or imposing these rules and regulations onto that type of care when women felt that their personal choices were being restricted. Which goes back to what Maria was saying about the the maternity units being kind of neither here nor there. They're not the alongside birthing that midwife led things are still that medicalized element to it. It's confusing for people in terms of safety of each option. Maria, I know this is going to be such a hot potato and it's the thing that's rolled out most often, I think, um, when we're talking about home births or any other option to the, 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 the more regular hospital based one that we all hear a lot more about. Is there a difference there according to studies, stats, reports? What have you got? So when it comes to a difference um, and when it comes to looking at guidance in relation to this, most turn to the UK's National Institute of Health and Care Excellence or NICE. And this is not just limited to maternity care, but also other types of care. Now, for this particular um, question around birthplace, Um, A study of over 64,000 low-risk births is used by NICE um, to compare home births to midwifery-led units to obstetric-led units. Now, for people who have already given birth, um, home births resulted in lower rates of interventions, um, such as inductions, C-sections, that kind of thing is what interventions are meant by, and similar outcomes for women and babies. 
However, for those who are on um, their first birth, so they haven't given birth before, there were also um, lower rates of interventions and similar outcomes for women with a small increase in the risk of an adverse outcome for the baby. Now, this increase um, was small for an already small risk. So it was nine out of 1,000 versus five out of 1,000 for midwifery and obstetric-led units. The other um, research that people look towards are Cochrane reviews. And there was one released this year and it said that perinatal mortality, so that's stillbirths and very young babies, so the death of very young babies. So previous conclusions about no statistical difference seem to have been strengthened when they looked at home births there. Maria, it's important, I think, when you mention some of the adverse outcomes there that we think of ourselves in the media and our role and responsibility in this because midwives did tell you uh, that some home birth services can get shut down if they're reported more in the media, if there's any adverse outcomes and that that's actually something that we tend to do, that we tend to highlight. Community midwife Ashling Dixon felt this was not the right approach and we'll hear from her now. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't serve anyone well to immediately stop the service before even, you know, a full investigation or inquiry. There's a a high level of scrutiny of the home birth service, and we welcome that in fairness. You know, we want to improve the service, and there's always opportunities for learning, and we want to make it the best and safest service. We don't want to provide a service that's any way going to um, harm women and babies or uh, jeopardise care or jeopardise the registration of any midwife that is working within it. We want it to be as safe and as robust as possible. But we also want fairness um, in that that's the same level of scrutiny that, that is extended to the adverse outcomes in the hospital setting is also um, extended to us. That talk about fear of adverse outcomes and people's, I suppose, concerns in general about home births, Soma, did you hear that expressed from the women who'd experienced them about fears or concerns? So for the participants who answered our study, um, fear around home birth wasn't something that came up. In fact, it was the contrary. So uh, all the respondents spoke about their home birth experiences as being overwhelmingly positive. They felt um, listened to and respected the midwives providing their care. They described it overwhelmingly as being kind of um, that they were in a supporting role there to help them make their decisions, where uh, contrastingly in the hospital setting, they described having to kind of read up on everything, be their own advocates to make sure that they had all the evidence to kind of make sure that they didn't end up with unwanted interventions or interference. Um, So you can see there's a big difference there. Absolutely. And on, we'll say, the things that are focused on with home births from an external perspective, Maria, there was an option for water births, for example, that was removed in recent years. Could you explain to us why that happened and where that's at now? Yeah, so water births haven't been allowed um, in the public service for the past three years. And that was what the HSE said was due to a number of incidents. Now, an inquest concluded earlier this year into the death of a baby delivered in a birthing pool. And at this, the coroner was informed that the HSC had suspended its home birth service as a result of the death. Now, the baby died from an undetected group strep B infection and evidence was heard that issues relating to the birthing pool were unlikely to have been a contributing factor. And there are signs now that the tide is turning when it comes to water births. They've made a comeback in hospitals following an even earlier suspension there. 
And the Community Midwife Association told me that they've been advised that water births will be reinstated, but are awaiting a final decision on that. Well, we're awaiting a lot of, there's a lot of expectancy, again, puns everywhere today. But Soma, given everything we've discussed in your own research and surveys, do you ever see home births becoming the norm in Ireland or at the very least, I suppose, a more available option? Well, I would I would love to see that. I mean, I suppose it's when you think about the kind of the, the care that's available on offer uh, as a spectrum. At one end, you have the social approach with home birth being at that very far end. And at the other end, then you have the medicalized approach with, you know, I suppose cesarean sections and things like that. The highly medicalized approach at the other uh, research that was done in Ireland found that women don't want all of one approach or the other, that there's a kind of a it's really that individualistic approach. Uh, ability to be able to pick and choose what's right for you and under what circumstances. And with home birth, I think it's it's having the options there that women are able to to understand what's right for them. Um, or I would love to see a more middle ground. You know, you're talking about the alongside birth centres. Um, the research that was carried out to inform the national maternity strategy, the public um, consultations really indicated, I think that AIMS carried out their own research of over 2000 women and 90, over 90% said that they would birth in an independent birthing center. So I think that really increasing the spec, you know, that we don't just have these polar opposites, that there's more of gray area in choice that women can choose from for where they give birth and the type of care they want. And to be able to pick and choose, I'd like these scans and these tests, but not these ones. And I really would rather avoid some interventions or interference where possible. And that these choices are genuine choices and not just limited by who you see and what hospital you're attending or where you live or what you can afford. So central to to birthing being the the, the woman's choice and um, understanding of her own capabilities and then the ability to react and respond to how, as we know, births can change and develop as, as they're going along. And Maria, that national maternity strategy, where is it? I mean, is it focusing on midwifery care? Is it happening? Is it slow? Can we expect anything to happen soon? So it is, um, there, there is an implementation plan. There are some aspects of it that have been delivered, like I, I was saying, not all in, in the same way that it was expected. Like say for the home from home um, delivery suites, they uh, have been rolled out. There is more, um, there is a kind of an increasing development of say antenatal support in the community. But I suppose there are key areas that are taking a long time to roll out. Um, like most midwives we spoke to spoke extremely positively about the national maternity strategy, but just hoped that it would actually be implemented. And I suppose that was was their fear. And that is something that we will have to hopefully see in the coming years. Well, thanks to Soma and Maria so much for coming in and giving us all that information. We focused on home births as an option and maybe not everyone can avail of it. But as with much of healthcare, control and choice is key to a positive engagement with any service. Prospective parents will surely welcome much more available, accessible, publicised and supported options to improve outcomes around our birthing experiences. You have been listening to The Explainer brought to you by Noteworthy.ie. It was produced by Laura Byrne. If you want to learn more about our work at Noteworthy and how we source our stories from you, our readers and listeners, head to our site at noteworthy.ie. Sign up to our newsletter, which will give you an insider look at our latest investigations by visiting noteworthy.ie forward slash newsletter. Thanks for having us and see you next time.